And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Seven fifty-five is real. Welcome, I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. I'm with my co-host, former Braves reliever Eric O'Flaherty. What's up, Dave? Eric, what's what's happening, dude? Doing my taxes today. Oh, shit. I did that last week. I procrastinated that. And I was like, it was the hardest thing just to do it. Just tell myself to do it. But it's really easy now because I can't even itemize because somebody screwed up uh, what I used to be able to write off and all that, like previous president. So it was not worth itemizing anymore. So I used to take it to my tax guy, dump all the stuff on him, you know, pay him like uh, 500 bucks. And it'd give me back thousands. But then it's like, right. okay, now he's getting, I could do the thing myself for for 50 bucks and get the same yeah. amount that he was getting me. So I just do it yeah. myself now. I mean, once you yeah, can sit down and do it, now. it's easy. Once you sit down to do it, it's easy. It's just. It's a pain in the ass. You know, it's, it's not difficult. It's just kind of time consuming. You got kids though and two houses you were doing and all that. So you got a lot more stuff there, man. The last few years I would pay somebody been- to do it if I were you. I do. Yeah. Yeah. There's no chance I can yeah. get through that. Right. You got all those documents you got to get put together and take to them. Anyway. All right. Well, nobody wants to hear about our tax issues. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, well, every, I'm sure what everybody wants to hear about and what we'll talk about first was <laughs> moves made yesterday, um, which were surprising and only in uh, really the timing. And the fact that not just Ian Anderson or Bryce Elder were sent down, but both of them were optioned, which I think after Soroka showed up with a sore hamstring that has lingered, hasn't allowed him to pitch in a game yet, um, and obviously eliminated him from contention for the number five spot. I think everybody, me included, assumed it was going to be Ian Anderson, Bryce Elder. But as this thing went on, and neither of those guys really was lights out, you know, for even a whole start, much less for, you know, two couple of starts uh, uh, successively. The uh, At the same time, the lefty prospects, Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd, both have been just tremendous. They're having great springs. And, you know, you, as many springs as you went, participated in, as many as I've observed, there's always guys that stand out and have great springs. You don't want to get too excited about it. Um. One that comes to mind was Kyle Wright a couple of years ago when he was doing the kind of spring that these guys have had and then shit the bed in the last couple when it looked like he'd made the rotation. But ultimately, you saw what Elder did. I mean, what Wright did a couple of years later. Well, Schuster and Dylan Dodd have been those guys this spring. And unlike Kyle at the time, these guys aren't 21, 22. These guys are 24. Yeah, I think Kyle was 23 that year. But they're 24 and and they've both pitched above a ball in, in – in Schuster's case, he's the number one prospect on the team and pitched made like 30 starts above eight ball, 28. So they're ready. If the Braves thought they're ready, they're ready. They're not too worried about 
putting them in over their heads and them struggling. So they didn't they didn't waste any more time and dance around. And with with uh, split squads being just about over and and in, running out of innings, especially with all the uh, relievers that need work because they have they've been pitching on backfields and being brought along slowly. The Braves didn't uh, didn't want to leave it, uh, you know, waste any more time with it. So they optioned both Ian and Elder to AAA, and that leaves Schuster and Dylan Dodd to compete for that fifth starter spot. Yeah, that was kind of shocking, but. You know, it's it's something that when you've been one of these guys that especially Ian's had a, a really rough year last year and Elder's been kind of up and down, but the, the team knows what they're getting from you at this point. You So yeah. you, you have to almost shock them to change their opinion. You have to show a new pitch. You have to show something that, that's major, you know, a major change in what they're expecting from you to change the opinion they already have of you. When yeah. you're these new guys, you show up throwing – 95 left-handed it's like all you see is the good you know you see holy shit this guy's got this pitch he's got that pitch they haven't gone through the ups and downs with you so it's only ups you're only looking at what guys are really good at um so it's really easy to fall in love with these new guys and be sick of somebody's old shit you know so when ian came to camp and had a couple rough outings and and bryce walked some guys it's it's kind of like the team, I can tell, was just ready to try something. You know, let, let's do something new. Let's do something different. So for these guys to make the team, I think is a lot bigger deal than for those guys not to. Because they can always yeah. send Dodd or Schuster right back down. But they want to give them this chance to show them something new and prove something and, and, and take that job that the other guys aren't grabbing and run with it. Yeah. I think Alex has been pretty bold in his whole tenure as GM, president yeah. of baseball ops. But even more so in the last few years, he has become a GM at the forefront of guys who aren't afraid to bring young guys in and throw them in when they decide when his minor league, when all his instructors, when in this case, when his major league coaches who've been watching these guys tell them he's they're ready or, you know, there's no reason for us. They're not going to get any more. They're not going to teach us or tell us any more about themselves by going to AAA. He's become a guy that will listen to that and go, all right, if they're ready, they're ready. Uh, he listened to a scouting director before. He's listening to his coaches now, and he's looking at what the other guys are doing, and they're kind of spinning their wheels. And and, and maybe, it, it, maybe it also gives Ian Anderson and Bryce Elder a kick in the ass a little bit to go, hey, look, you're not, you don't have anything just given to you. Even if Soroka was hurt, it doesn't mean one of you guys is going to get this by default. We got a couple right. other young kids that are really hungry. And number one, they do what they want most of all in this organization for pitchers to do, which is throw strikes. Trust your stuff, throw strikes, let them put it into play. These guys are prime examples of guys who throw strikes and don't walk. Guys, that just drives Snitker crazy watching walks. Yeah. It drives everybody crazy. But Snit, you Well, you that was Bobby move, too. Uh, yeah, you want to weigh to his heart, throw strikes. He'd rather see you give up a solo home run than walk a guy at times. My agent told me you that. Know? My first spring training with the Braves, my agent told me that. He goes, you can have a good or a bad spring, it, you know, your numbers overall, but you're not making the team walking anybody. So go to that camp and don't walk anybody, and you'll have a good shot of making the team. And yeah, I think I gave up nine runs or something, but I only had one walk the whole spring. Yeah, And I, I finished camp with like an eight or nine ERA and somehow still made the team. Yeah, and that was that was kind of Bobby's thing, and you know he passes everything down to Snip. Yep, these guys don't walk anybody, and they've also had huge strikeout to walk ratio in the minors last year. Yeah, so it's not like it's a fluke thing that they've been able to do up here. 
But for them to carry it over into these spring games, when some guys get a little tentative, don't maybe don't trust their stuff, I think it's a huge sign to the Braves when they'll go out and throw strikes and strike guys out at this level without walking anybody in these spring games. I mean, Schuster's got a 104 ERA, 035 whip this spring. Oh, and great yeah. for the game. And great for the games. Dodd has a has not allowed any runs. He's got 11 strikeouts, no walks in eight and a third innings. Yeah, that's I mean, that's that's about as good as you can do. You know, and being left-handed for these guys is that's a big that's a big plus when when you're looking good at stuff. the the rotation having good lefty stuff. Yeah, Schuster's changeup. I I was watching some video of is really good. Yeah, I think his changeup has been rated. I saw uh, Pipeline or Baseball America rated his changeup the best in the organization in the farm system. So that's nasty. And both of them have both of them have uh, plus command. Both of them have good yep. fastballs, not 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 Strider fastballs, but plenty good, especially from the left side. You know, more like freed fastballs, not quite as free, hard as freed throws, but but close. Well, um, freed fastball left hand is about all you need. Uh, well, yeah, they don't they don't throw, they don't get it up to ninety six, but ninety two, ninety three, ninety four. You know, and uh, great yeah. command, yeah, uh, and good movement. So. Braves also reassigned uh, some other guys yesterday. Lefty Brian Moran, Drake Baldwin, a catcher, infielder Joe Dunan, Danny Echevarria, familiar name, a couple of outfielders who uh, who did some things in spring training. Justin Dean, who showed great speed. Forrest Wall showed even better speed. I mean, this Forrest Wall, this guy runs at will when he gets on base. This might be a guy that will be a factor at some point this year. Uh, remember a couple of years ago when the Braves had a pinch, uh, had a, pinch a guy on the postseason roster just to run and he had never yeah. played for the Braves before he got put on that roster for the postseason. Who's well that? this year they won't have they won't have to go out of the organization for that this year. They got one forced wall if they just want a pinch runner in the in the in a postseason. This guy can fly. Dave Roberts, I mean that's how that's how everybody knows him. Yeah. Uh Cody Milligan, the guy that's from my hometown or where I went to high school in junior high Arc City, he went to Kyla County JUCO there. Uh, former catcher turned uh, utility guy, outfielder, good little center fielder. Uh, Magnarius Sierra, another kind of familiar name. I know I butchered his first name, but I can't pronounce it. Uh, left only 42 guys in camp. Now that we're getting down to kind of the serious, the nut-cutting stretch here uh, leading up to opening day, uh, things get serious now. The pitchers start going five innings or so. The, 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 the regular guys are going to start playing more games, all the home games where they'll get like five uh, five innings, you know, three or four bats instead of two or three. Um, and, and and then by next week, you'll be playing almost the whole game. So it's this is a time where you start to really get a feel for things and see where guys are. A lot of guys have been hitting in uh, uh, on backfields, throwing on backfields, playing in camp games, that kind of thing. Now they're going to be more in the great for league games. And, and so it gets, starts to get more serious now. But really the only two moves anybody cared about yesterday were, were obviously elder. Yeah. And Ian Anderson gets sent down because, I mean, everybody had such high hopes for Ian coming in. You know, picked up that slider, worked on it in the offseason. But it's still a work in progress. I mean, he still doesn't throw it uh, where he wants it to go all the time. And hitters, are, you know, are going to make it. are going to have him prove that he can throw that thing for strikes before they're going to offer at it, I think. Um, you know, it's still, still not real consistent with the fastball command. Misses some up. Uh, out of the zone, and and Bryce Elder, you know, he walked like three guys uh, in one inning. I think he had this this spring. So as long as he's still 
and he made really big progress last year at his time in AAA. When he came back up, had the five good starts against the uh, Nats and the uh, and the uh, Marlins. But yeah. he showed this spring he's still a work in progress because he's a guy that doesn't throw hard enough to be able to to walk guys. So when he puts guys on, he's just inviting a three run homer. Uh, you know, he gave up a, a grand slam, I think, in his Yankees game this year after walking some guys uh, or giving up some some singles. So he's got going to have to be have more consistent command before they really trust him or, or if if they've got other options, which right now they do with these other two guys. Yeah. Well, with those two guys throwing the ball like that, you know, I mean, if they were both struggling, it's one of those things yeah. where you, you talk about them early in camp and it's kind of sounds like a long shot and then they just keep plugging away, good outing after yeah. good outing. And the two guys that you're expecting to get it keep not showing you enough and all of a sudden kind of a pipe dream starts turning into a reality. And if those guys weren't doing what they're doing, you know, maybe it'd come down to Bryce or Ian and one of them gets hot toward the end of the camp, has two good starts, and you pick them. But when there's those, when when Dodd and Schuster are throwing the ball the way they are, it made it pretty easy, I think, for the team to just say, "Look, it's going to come down to one of these two lefties, and you guys go stay sharp in Triple I mean, and the Braves have got all these eyes on them, so it's not like they're they know that they're not doing it. It's not fluky what they're doing. These are guys that, uh, in Schuster's case, he's the number one prospect in the organization, a former first rounder for a reason out of Wake Forest. Yeah. So even though he only he has less than 30 starts above a ball, pitched a lot of big time games at Wake Forest at a high level college ball, and it's 24. So it's uh, you know if he's ready, he's ready. There's no reason you know you're not worried about that aspect. It's not like a guy, a high school guy that's only had a, a little over a year of minor league experience. He you know he had the COVID year, and then that dude uh, they threw against Team USA <laughs> for Canada. Gosh, felt bad for that kid. So, so this guy's got a lot of experience, even though, even though he might not, uh, it might not show up in his minor league numbers. And the, and Braves got all these coaches, veteran coaches watching him. And also, I'm sure they're also asking other pitchers. You know, they're asking Charlie, "What do you think of this kid? You watch him throw a side. You watch him throw yeah. in a game." So they've got guys telling him he's for real. He can get it done. Or and they and the catchers, and you ask the catchers, right? You know how's the stuff, right? Right, asking Darno and Murphy. What's he like on the mound when you're talking to him? When you go out there, is he ready? You know, they and they can get him a they can get a real good feel for a guy from talking to all these veterans they've got in camp and how he's handling how they're handling everything. So it's a pretty exciting time. Uh, if one of these guys is going to make it and uh, and, uh, and and have a chance to really go out because they need a fifth starter that first week, so he's going to have a chance to uh, to get in there and, and right away, especially if they hold Kyle right back. You know. Uh, to the second series, the end of the second series, the, the fifth starter is going to be needed right away. So, yeah. Um, yeah. One other thing to to keep in mind too: uh, the Braves are going to have Huascari Noah, Tyler Matzik, both of them TJ guys going to miss the whole year, and Colby Allard. They're all going to go on the IL to start the season. They're going to go on the IL help pretty quick. So, if they want to recall Tyler, uh, uh, if they want to recall Ian Anderson or Bryce Elder. Before opening day, they can recall either of those guys because you don't have to wait the whole time. Uh, uh, the option assignment, fifteen days for a pitcher, you don't have to wait if they're replacing an injury, an injured guy. God, that'd be a weird move, though. You know, I mean, as far as from a player standpoint, because right. But if either of these other guys say got, yeah, if either of these other guys like shit or the just bed, fall apart, yeah, right. Like Kyle, like Kyle did at the end of that spring training where he had the the. the Looked like he had the rotation spot sewed up, you know. Yeah, you don't think it's going to happen, but if it were to happen, 
you know, God forbid one of them got hurt. The other one really struggled. They could bring back either of those guys. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen at all. That's not their intention, but they could right. do that. In other words, they're they're not putting themselves in a corner where you can't bring these they guys can't. up yeah, for the yeah. opening day roster. Yeah. So they can do it. They, they, they've, they're covered. They're covered if anything were to happen. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. A uh, little bit about Schuster. Talked about him. Uh, his changeup is got a. It's got a sixty on this on the scouting scale, which is really good. I mean, it's only go up to eighty, and nobody gets an eighty. And it's sixty uh, is tremendous. So yeah. that's uh, that's about as high as you usually see. Controls a fifty five. Going off MLB pipeline with this um, guy that really dominated in the Cape Cod League in the summer of twenty nineteen. That's where he caught Dana Brown and the Brave scouting. People, that's where he the scouts, that's where he caught their eye. And then uh then had a really good year at 2020 at Wake before the pandemic shut it down. So um they they took him and were really high on him. And he didn't really he didn't overwhelm that first year at all. But last year made real strides last at uh in, in at the higher elevations in uh in the minors and threw a little harder last year. Uh He's still not an overwhelming guy speed-wise, uh, velocity-wise, but throws plenty hard, and the command is great. He's got a three-pitch mix, um, really intelligent guy, knows how to pitch, got a veteran presence out there for, for a guy so young with, with so little experience. And um, he's got a real chance, man. He's got a – with that, you know, as you know, lefty, with, with that stuff and that change-up. Yeah. About all you need, right? Real good tumble yeah. on the change-up. I looked at both their stuff and I mean, I like both their deliveries. I like both their repertoires. They're athletic, you know, um, good mound presence. I, I, there's just, there's a lot to like, you know, and there's a lot to get excited yeah. about. And there's a, there's a lot to, it's going to come down to, they're in a tough spot as far as, you know, finding your apartment and everything. It's, it's the worst when you're, cause the team's going to take it to the last five minutes possible. Probably, you know, they want to well, get good- every single look at you. Yeah. And the great thing about the Braves, and few organizations, others can say this, is if you're a guy in their spot, you yeah. can get an apartment somewhere between Gwinnett and Truist yeah. Park, and you're covered, man. So if you go back yeah. and forth during the year or whatever, so not many organizations have that. That That's a real luxury to have. How far? What's that a, drive? Well, you know, the traffic in Atlanta. If it wasn't for the traffic, yeah. it'd be less, it'd be, you know, 30 minutes. But with traffic, it's closer to an hour. But if you get somewhere in the middle... You can be, you know, 15, 20 minutes from either or 30 minutes tops. And if you're yeah. confident, you know, you could get a place, say, Buckhead, 
be 15 minutes from the from truest and 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 you're going you'd be going to Gwinnett not with rush hour traffic so you'd be okay there too you know 30 half hour to Gwinnett or whatever so I had that one year I made the the Mariners out of spring training and then just shit the bed and I'd got an yeah. apartment downtown Seattle and I was playing for Tacoma and it was I mean if I wasn't oh if I wasn't on the road by 1230 I was sitting in traffic and it's just like every day I'm driving past Safeco Field looking at it on my way to triple <laughs> oh, that had to kill you man <laughs> it was tough that yeah had to so kill that, that's you. one of those things that that happens in in you know triple a big leagues that's that's kind of tough but i should have gone you know the smart guys would get a place in federal way and then you could go either way from there you know go to either right. stadium but i was like man i made the team i'm i'm betting on myself and i was back in triple a like two weeks into the season <laughs> oh man. rest of the year i'm driving to tacoma and it was about it was probably a 45 minute hour drive you know, so you're going both ways every day. Oh. You spend a couple hours in the car, but you got to keep that place because if you get called back up, or at least you uh-huh. won't have that mindset. Yeah. Hey, you were talking about uh, Dylan Dodd and both these guys being athletic. Dylan Dodd yeah. is one of those guys you love because he's a former two way player. He was a is position, he? he was a right fielder, first baseman in uh, Summer League, college Summer League, as late as college Summer League uh, when he was 20 years old. He was still playing right field and first base along with pitching. So, I mean, he's legit yeah, he looks, athlete. His delivery is pretty athletic. I can't put my finger on who he reminds me of. I've been looking at it for days. Uh-huh. But it, it's his fault. Fo- I mean, he's got a little max in him with his follow-through so explosive. But I can't put my finger on who it is. I'm going to get it soon. So, this is a guy that uh, – and on that scouting scale I was talking about, his control is rated a 60 coming into the season. So, But he's a guy that uh, – also, curveball, slider, fastball, chase. So he's got a he's got a nice assortment, but he's a guy that the Braves signed third rounder in twenty twenty one, a year after uh, Schuster, and they signed this kid for one hundred and twenty two thousand hmm. dollars. How about that? If that ends up, if he ends up hitting big, one of those bargains. I mean, look at Acuna, what they signed him for. But I mean, this is yeah. a draft guy, which is kind of unusual because everybody knows the drafted guys more, the drafted kids. So, but this is one of those where they took him uh, high and were able to uh, for under slide and use that money elsewhere. So that selection's yeah. really looking good considering his strikeouts to walk ratio. And a guy that uh, could be a late bloomer. And you got when you got great scouts and you got Dana Brown and his crew, they see this guy and know his background as a two way player. Probably hadn't pitched a whole lot and see the potential. So this guy might be end up being a huge fine for the Braves. Looks like he already is a huge fine for the Braves. At this point, yeah, the way he's throwing the ball, it's mm-hmm. – uh, I mean, this is when you – you know, this is when it all comes through and you get to show it. And then the next step, you know, having a good spring is a big deal, but when the bright lights turn on, you know, if you go out and you yeah. get off to it, it's really important to get off to a good start, I think, because it's you, – you, you pitch well in spring training and you're facing some big leaguers, you know, people are working on stuff, whatever. It's 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 intimidating. You have adrenaline. You know, you're nervous. Yeah, but then the bell rings and it's a whole nother ball game. So, you know, it's it's a shame you can't. <laughs> That's like the if I were going to pick between the two guys, yeah, it'd be like that'd be the ultimate test. Is like let's just fill up a stadium with fifty thousand and throw them against the Mets yeah. starting day lineup, and you'll get your answer right away. But you have to choose before you see how they react to to that atmosphere, which is you know that's the ultimate test of whether a prospect's going to make it or not is how they can handle you know that that ultimate pressure of the lights turning on. 
I think that's the great thing about having guys who have multiple options is, you know, yeah. they're going to go back and forth during the year. You almost, you, you're guaranteed that. And, uh, so you, you can get a guy a couple starts. If it looks like he needs to work on some things, you bring the other guy up and give him. So we're going to see all these guys. I mean, we're going to see Ian. We're going to see Elder. We're going to see both these guys. You know, they had 11 starters last year. I fully anticipate they will this year too, uh, especially when you got some guys who tend to have little nagging stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, Kyle's had some nagging stuff. He has his shoulder coming into camp. Uh, uh, Freed's had the blister thing, which he looks like he's got it under control, knock on wood, but it, you never know when that's going to come up, when they want to be precautionary and have have him skip a start or just fatigue. Charlie is, you know, 39 Anything years old. I mean, right. So, uh, and Strider, they're not going to overwork. I mean, if you look at him, you're going to have to be careful with him still. So, but how many anyway, innings did he wind up with guys. last year? Strider? Yeah. Do you know how many innings well, he wound up with last month, year? Well, he missed that month. So, I mean, he missed the whole month, basically, after that oblique late. So, uh, it wasn't nearly as high as it would have been. It still wasn't that high. So, yeah, they got all, it, it, you got, you got a lot of, yeah. Some guys throw 130 and they don't get hurt. Yeah. So I, I think we're going to see all these guys again, and, and the Braves have so much more depth than most organizations have. I mean, and this is good depth. You're looking at these guys. It's not like a few years ago where you were bringing guys up from AAA and crossing your fingers. I mean, throwing Tucker yeah. Davidson out there, you know, throwing guys a lot less than him even, and just hoping that they wouldn't get <laughs> lit up. So they're in a really good spot now as far as this depth is concerned. And, hey, talk a little bit about what – at you know, people that don't really understand why athleticism can be so important for a pitcher, you know, because some, some guys are good pitchers, but they're really not athletic. And maybe they, they have a little more trouble maintaining their delivery, repeating their delivery. How does athleticism help in that regard? You know, it's, it's hard because there are pitchers, you know, like throwing is just, it's one form of athleticism. It's just a rotational movement. It's rotational power. And there are some guys that, you know, you watch them in PFPs and you're like, holy shit, this guy is moving like a great dame puppy. You know, there's, there's, right. this guy is not going pro in any other sport. Right. Uh, <laughs> like th- this is the only chance he had to call himself a professional athlete. And I'm probably one of those guys. You know, I was decent in other sports, but I wasn't special. And then you have right. other guys like, like Johnny Benners could hit his head on the ceiling in the weight room, you know, that, right. that are just freakish athletes. And for me, what what that that raw athleticism John does, John Smoltz, where they could do anything, uh, right. you know, I don't I don't think it's it's this it's not everything, but it, it's just something that it may it seems like they make adjustments easier, uh, their body controls just better, uh, they're better at fielding their position, they're better at um, it, like it's like they can just do things easier and so i always find guys that have that really just raw athleticism as long as it doesn't take them to a place where they overexert themselves but they seem less likely to get hurt i don't yeah. know there's just something about it when you're like he's Tom a Glavin. great athlete yeah you just as a hockey player could have been drafted or was yeah for me it's the ability to make adjustments just always seems higher with the guys that are they're good at everything you know like you said yeah. like small like the guys that are great at golf they're great at this they're great at that those guys seem Small to make adjustments. Yeah, and then you have the football, everything, the funky, goofy guys, and it's like I don't know. It's a, for me, if they fall into a funk, they don't have the the athleticism to just kind of overpower it and get out of it. They have to really get deep into the root of it 
it's something about it, I, you know. And the reason I ask because I think it's interesting because I think what you're saying, John Smoltz, I think is a great example because he, oh, when you think about him changing his arm slot in order yes. to compensate for injuries that other guys would have shut him down, they had surgery. He instead changed his arm slot, gets through the season, and has surgery. He goes That's from what I mean. starting to closing, throwing harder, changing his repertoire according to the role. I mean, this is a guy that, without that athleticism, I don't think he has the career that he has, not even close. No, and it's, it just seems like things come Adapting. easier to those guys. You go play darts right. with them at a bar, and they're the best. You go play ping pong with them, they're the best. You know, and it, so then when it, then when they get into a funk in their career and they need to make an adjustment or do something a little different, like for me, yeah. I could throw from one arm slot. I had to have certain mechanics. And you saw in my career, I was either good for like a 2-1 ERA or a 9. When I was off a little bit, right. it, I, I couldn't do anything. You know, it was like all of a sudden, the the I had nothing to – my arm slot got a little jacked up. And I didn't have like that just crazy coordination and, and ease of movement to just be like, fuck it, I'll just throw sidearm. Yeah. And now I'm throwing strike sidearm. You know, and the – a lot of those freaky guys that there's not even necessarily like crazy, like, you know, 45 inch vert, but they're just yeah. great movers seem to just overcome their hurdles a lot quicker. And look at the Braves big three. All of them were great athletes. Greg yeah. Maddox was a great athlete. I mean, he was like 10 gold gloves, whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, yep. these guys were athletes. And I think you're going to see a lot more of those goofy guys you're talking about now because there's no, there's a DH in both leagues. They don't even yep. have to hit anymore, but when you but when you ask them to field something, there's some really awkwardness out there when they're when they go to try to field. Well, you don't have yeah. those athletes you used to have. The Braves had a bunch of athletes in the yep. pitching role. Look at Mike Hampton. No, he's always hurt, but man, he was a hell of an athlete. Yeah, and you said Johnny Venters. I mean, there was a lot of them. Johnny that, was. Uh, if yeah. you like, if you had Craig try to jump though, Craig Kimbrell probably has like a seven or eight inch vert. <laughs> but his his rotational power that he's born with is right. just off the charts. And then he's a decent athlete everywhere else, but he would never be a pro athlete in another sport, probably not even a college athlete in anything but throwing a baseball. Yeah. You know, and Max Fried's a really good athlete. Really good athlete. Yeah. And you just watch him yeah. come off the mound to field. You watch him feel like his position. Infielder. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. That, and that's what I love about baseball, man. Not only can it, is it guys all sizes, all dimensions, but all sort, all levels of athleticism. Yep. I mean, in a pitcher's case, he doesn't have to be an athlete. No, and then, you so, know, they do all these movement screenings and tests of how your body moves and stuff. And, in, you know, any other sport, if you were like a terrible mover and you're trying to play in the NBA, you know, you're scoring a two out of 10 on whatever this, you know, just imaginary test is. Yeah. You might be a you're not making it, even if unless you're right. seven foot five. In baseball, you'll have a guy that's like kind of hunchbacked and he's got no ass and bad knees right. and he's weird, <laughs> he's moving around all weird. Then you put a baseball in his hand and he yeah. touches 99 his first day right, of the right. season. And it's like it's so it's it it makes it tough to to always judge guys by athleticism, but I think the guys that do have it and are able yeah. to throw really well are, you know, they're better off. I think the sport where you just the sports where you cannot get away without being great athletes, football, basketball, basketball. unless you're seven four, maybe uh, yeah. basketball and soccer. Yeah. You got to be athletes. Yeah, you got to be able to run. You got to have aerobic, anaerobic. You got to have coordination, all that. But like football, I mean, you have to be athletic at skill positions. Obviously, <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. 
but maybe you don't have to be a great athlete to be a great lineman. But even them, they got to have great they footwork. They got the footwork. Strong, I mean, if you think about those run. guys, you're yeah, moving at 300 pounds. You're right. a great athlete. You know they can play basketball if they wanted to. Yeah. 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 For me, yeah. if anyway. if you're able to move at those heavy weights, right. I mean, just imagine what they could do at 210, 220 sure. instead of 300. Sure. But if you put me at 300 pounds, like I'm not even getting up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look at this. Uh, let's take a couple of these uh, questions here. Somebody asked, do I think Shoemake is going to make the team? No, but it's not because he hadn't played great because he has. He's really impressed and done exactly what he needed to do this spring. Really impressed a lot of people. And the thing is, if uh, anything were to happen to Grissom, Shoemake has done so well this spring that they could go with him as a regular guy instead of Arcia. Whereas I wouldn't have told you that would have been the case coming into camp. But Shoemaker's really answered, uh, not only coming back from the knee injury that ended his season last year in September, when we would have seen him called up at the end of the year last year, if not for that knee injury. He had a pretty serious knee injury. He avoided surgery, thankfully, PCL, or he'd still be out. Uh, but he tore it, partially tore it, recovered, and has looked great. He's had a great spring. He's a guy that I, when I, when you see him, like I see him in, in camp first day, and I'm like, oh, he's still too skinny, man. He's not going to make He's too skinny yeah. to play in the big leagues. Wrong. The, he's like kind of like Christian Yelich when he first started his career. Remember how skinny Christian Yelich was? No, the dude but with could, the Giants is the guy I always think of. Yeah, what was his name? Yes. I mean, he was he talk- was so freaking skinny and just dropped bombs anyway. Are you talking about Who the really that? awkward? Are you talking skinny. about the, the, the guys who are the No, yeah, Hunter Pence. Because he Hunter was Pence skinny is, one time too. Hunter Pence is jacked. Yeah, he was, he was uh, put together as career went on. Matt, yeah. Who was the skinny guy? God, I can't but, remember his name. But Shoemake, even though he doesn't have what you think are the necessary, like the forearms that a hitter has. I mean, hitters have yeah. those arms. He doesn't have that yet at all. But the dude, the ball comes off the dude's bat, man. You're yeah. like, where did that come from? Because he's hitting opposite field, bullets off the wall. I mean, he's this guy can hit, and he's going to be, as he gets bigger, because I think eventually he probably is going to fill out. They've tried. They've had him on all the protein shakes and all the dietitians and all that. He's just got one of those bodies that he'll probably be glad he has five years from now when he's not getting yeah. heavy like some guys. But uh, he's slender. Matt Duffy. He's just built slender. I'm thinking of Matt Duffy. There you go. Do you remember but, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Shumay can hit, and the, he's answered the questions about his bat because the defense is there. He's really good defensively. Uh, as good as Grissom or better defensively. And uh, he's the people that really had kind of put him in a corner as a, as a utility guy said he wouldn't make it as a shortstop. He could be an everyday shortstop, I think, whether it's with the Braves or someone else as a trade piece down the line. But that's really nice to have that there because we all know how how often we see an injury at that position. And and if you don't want to stick a utility guy in there where you rob your bench and stick a guy that's maybe subpar uh, offensively like an Arcia. Maybe you go to Shoemake and bring him up from AAA. But no, he won't make the team only because he's too young and still developing. You don't want to sit him on a bench and have him play once or twice a week. You need this guy to play every day at AAA. Yeah. He's still got a lot to learn and a lot of developing to do. So, no, he won't make the team. But that's not a knock on him at all. He's had a really good spring, and, and he's still in camp, and that's the reason. Well, and happens skinny, to Grissom, though. he could be your guy. Really yeah, good I mean, range. You, when you see guys last this long in camp and then still getting starts and 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 playing, it's like the teams, you know, that's kind of the process too. Is 
you have a camp where there's like this super outside shot you could possibly make the team and you know it's kind of in your brain but reality is going to set in but that doesn't mean you can't be up in two months or a month or or three weeks into the season um but when you're talking about his build you know i i'd love a skinny shortstop (laughs) you know if if he's able to still have some power and and it's not if he's a paper boy you know, there's a few paper boys rolling around the league when I was playing. It was like, dude, you could throw him a fastball middle in and let him blast it. Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name. We were calling paper boy, but that was, that was his name in this, in the, in the pitcher's meeting. It was like a paper boy, just throw him a fastball middle in, let him blast no, that's it. That's not left. him, man. No, no, he's coming into his own with some power. Uh, I think he's going to be fine, uh, offensively. He, he, he's got good bat, uh, he's got good, uh, bat to ball skills. Uh, somebody else pointed out right here, Trey Turner. He's a skinny guy. You know, yeah. I mean, he's, he's wiry, he's wiry, but he can, yeah. oh, he can flat out fly. I mean, he's just yeah. the hell of an athlete. But he is but skinny. But something about it, you know, his hip rotation or something makes it look powerful. Right. He has powerful This movement. guy looks lankier, taller, skinnier than, than Trey Turner. It's not the similar build. Trey Turner's a little more wiry, com- compacted yeah. uh, than this guy. He's This guy looks more like a basketball player, to be honest. <laughs> he really does. But How gets tall in there. Is he? he can get 6'3". I mean, he's pretty big for a shortstop. He's tall and rangy. Like Grissom, they got two tall shortstops right now. Grissom's put together a little more than this guy. Grissom's got a body, wider shoulders. This guy's narrow. Uh, he's not built like anybody else on the team. But, yeah, he's looked good. He's had a good spring. Uh, somebody said, I'll take Dodd over Schuster for now. Most people don't realize, but Dodd is actually a year older than Schuster. They're both 24. I didn't look how many months there is. they are apart. But uh, I'll take your word for that without looking looking it up right now. Um, either one of them, they're they're both fall into that category of even though they don't have a lot of minor league experience, they had like three years of college, so they're not like high school kids where the team's going to be careful, bring them along, not throw them. They, these guys are when they're ready, they're ready. I mean, you got to get your career going because the as as young as the game skews now, I mean, yeah. Shit! If you if you debut at twenty four, you're not gonna be a free agent until you're thirty. They're like Max Fried, you know. He was held back almost two years because of his uh, TJ surgery. And God forbid either of these guys has a major injury. They're already twenty four, so yeah, you want to get them going while they while they're still so young. Uh, you know, yeah. Well, it's, even when you said they were twenty four, you know, I kept hearing young, 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 and I was thinking twenty twenty one for these guys. You know, they're young. Um, they don't have a lot of experience. You're thinking a, a guy's twenty one, twenty two now. That, that's yeah, they in that three position. years college, a couple yeah. years of minor league, and Dodd's case lost a year with the uh, COVID. So, yeah. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey, guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Does anyone think that long-term Shoemake will be the starting shortstop and Grissom will eventually become the starting left fielder? It's possible. It's possible. I mean, so that's that's going to be up to Grissom. That's going to be how he plays this year. He wants to be a shortstop. He's been a shortstop all his life. Uh, and if he has a good year this year, I, the position's going to be his. But, I mean, if they watch him and he's just average out there and they think Shoemake can be better than that, then, yeah, you want – Shoe makes uh, our uh, Grissom's bat in your lineup yeah. because we showed last year when he came up and hit a bomb over the f- monster in his first game. This is a special kid offensively. Uh, I know he struggled down the stretch last year, but that's totally normal for a guy that's thrust in there from double A without much experience at all, even above A ball. Pitchers are going to make an adjustment to him. And they did, but he's already shown this spring he's going to make adjustments right back. And this, this is an athlete, man. This guy's going to be good. Yeah. So, yeah, I could see him moving to left field if he doesn't have a real good year at shortstop or they decide to make us a better defensive shortstop. The shortstop position is so important defensively. They're going to go with the better guy there who's better yeah. defensively in the long term, I think. Yeah, Grissom, one thing I like about him too is I don't see him getting getting too caught up in the pressures of everything right. off the field. You know, it just Confident, seems like a guy. Level-headed. Yeah. Really not gonna confident, get, though. Not going to be reading the comments online and, and melting down or, you know, feeling that pressure of things becoming a thing. He just seems like one of those guys. I talked to I was talked to a couple buddies about it all the time and just point out the guys that I think are kind of invincible to the spotlight and then guys that, you know, it's going to take them two, three tries in the big leagues to finally figure out how to mentally, you know – let all this stuff go and just focus on the game. And right. for me, Grissom's a guy that I would say right away he'll be fine. You know, right away, and, pressure wise, he's fine. And 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 really, quite the contrary. Um, instead of reading things online and questioning himself, he's the kind of guy that's got enough confidence, and he's got wash in his ear, which has even made him more confident. But he's the kind of guy that's read some comments in the off season about how people question him, and, it and he's used that as. He's yeah. used that as like, I'll show you, motherfucker. You know, I mean, that's yeah. the kind of guy he is. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he's like that. He's a really confident guy. He's like, yeah, whatever. Let's go. I'll show you. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he's the kind of guy you want as far as that. He's a he's an athlete. He knows he's a good athlete. He's been he's been great his whole life. He's been second guest. He was the second guy, you know, that everybody watched on his high school team, which uh, I think that also helped him because they came to see his teammate and they saw him as, a, as an afterthought. And – I think he's been driven by that. And now people are saying, you're no Dansby Swanson. You know, we should have mm-hmm. gone out and got a shortstop. And he's dry, he's letting this drive him. So I think we're going to see him. He's had a good spring, man. If you look at his numbers, he's had an even better spring than his numbers indicate. But he's had a good spring. Yeah. And he's made And everybody made keeps talking about he can't play shortstop. It's just going to push him right. more. Right. Yeah. I like Isaac. So, yeah. I like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. Be. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing – 
the funny thing is that uh, Dodd, you've talked about prospect rankings as a player. You know how how nobody how cares. <laughs> they can be so far off. Yeah. I mean, these guys spend. This is what a lot of people do as a profession. They rate players, and even they don't get it right most of, half the time. You know, in the case of a Dylan Dodd. This guy came into camp as the Braves' number 10 prospect by a couple of different places I looked. MOB Pipeline had him that. R. Keith Wall had him that. Braves' number 10 prospect in the, in the organization that was ranked 30th by or 29th by most people as far as least depth in, uh, in the minor league system. He was 10th. There were seven pitchers ahead of Dodd, one of them Schuster, but six other pitchers ahead of him in the Braves' prospect rankings coming in. This guy might open the season in their starting rotation. That's how yeah. off. And this was last month these rankings came out. Not last year. So well, I'm sure some of them are like A-ball guys, right? Or young pitchers. Yeah. Or these guys, all, yeah, yeah. They're all young and old ahead of him. But guys like Victor Vodnik ranked ahead of him. Vodnik shit the bed this spring. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to be a good pitcher, but he really got bombed this spring. Meanwhile, the guy that they've ranked behind him, in the you know, has gone out and pitched. And you look at him, you look at Dodd, and you go, how in the hell is he, was he ranked number 10 in the organization? In an organization that, like I said, has slipped to 29th or 30th as far as depth. How did they have seven pitchers ranked ahead of this guy? Well, that, you know, honestly, though, that's the, this, this brings the beauty of the Braves organization. You know, there's a, there's a lot of organizations where uh, I wouldn't – I don't know who has the pool, but there's a scout or a GM or somebody that drafted somebody and they just want that guy to succeed so well. And you, if you're not a prospect, if you don't have that title, if you're not somebody's guy, yeah. you can have a great spring and it's like, great job, buddy. Yeah. And you go to AAA yeah. right now, but in the Braves organization and, and the way AA is doing things and the way Snit's going to be is if you show up and you're throwing the shit out of the ball, they don't care who's supposed to be what. That's the guy yeah. that's catching my attention, and I want that guy throwing the ball for my team, and that's that's all that matters. You know, there's there's not all the the other stuff going into it. You know, that's that's why I said about prospect lists in the past too. Is there'd be guys that we just be like, man, this dude's getting jam job duck farts. He's getting blown up. He's getting lucky. Yeah, but he's hitting three thirty in the Cal League. Okay, and then the scouting director comes into town, and he has his one good series of the year, and laces a couple balls off the wall. Now he's going up to Double A. We all know he's not ready. And there's another guy on your team that's hitting 340 with 10 homers, but he's not a prospect, and he's just going to rot in single leg. Yeah. And we're all like, this dude could play in the big leagues. And it, you, you see it a lot on your way up. And there's certain organizations that run it that way. You know, you see it when you rehab and you go down, you're like, you know, I've heard this guy's name all the time. Yeah. Never heard of that guy, and he's barreling everything. Oh, he's a little old for the league or something, but that guy could probably play in the big leagues. Uh, the yeah. Braves organization doesn't do it like that. It's like if if you show up and you're throwing the ball well, they want to know who that is and they want to take another look at him. You know, I'm, I'm gonna let the listeners or those watching in on a little secret, and Eric will will know this obviously as a player, and, and it's going to be interesting to see what I'm about to say is affected by that new rule that started last year. The only problem I have with that new rule, which is if your uh, teams get awarded an additional uh, draft pick if they have a guy that's uh, that finishes first or second as rookie of the year and was a top 100 prospect. I think that puts too much into these top as consensus top 100 yep. prospect or like on two of the list or whatever. Because here's the thing about the Braves, and 
I, I don't think most people realize this, and why would they? But it's true. Believe it, believe it or not, the Braves, unlike some organizations, don't go out of their way promoting their prospects to these guys who call, who put these lists together. Because those guys see a lot of these players themselves. They try to see most of these players, but they don't see all of them. And they might see one guy one time or two times. So they're not going to look at somebody you don't tell them about. Right. Or they might see Got a guy it. twice and he has two great games, the best games he had all year. Or they might see him twice yeah. and he, does, he, he has terrible games or he's hurt or whatever. He's just, you know, anything can happen. So they rely a lot on, the on team. guys in the organization to tell them how good a guy is. Well, some organizations, they get a lot out of that. They, they feel like that makes them, shows they're doing the job well. You know, you maybe you're a scouting director, you're a first time, or whatever. you want yes. your organization to be ranked highly. You, and maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe you haven't won in a while. You want to be ranked in the top five of well, for baseball trades Americas. Too, you know. Exactly. You, so if you're a team that's not winning a whole lot, doing a whole lot where it matters, where the only place it does matter, which is on the major league field, winning and winning titles and winning divisions. That's all that matters or ultimately. Right. But if you're an organization that's constantly rebuilding or has low payroll and all that, things like prospect rankings matter a lot. Yeah. Or you you plan to trade a lot of these guys, like the Dodgers. You're going to use a lot of these guys for trades. I'm pumping whatever up the guys the I don't like. <laughs> whatever the yeah. motivation is, there are scouting directors, especially younger ones, and organizations in general that make a habit, make put an importance on promoting their guys and getting yep. them ranked really highly, as highly as they can. There are other organizations, the Braves being the epitome of this, who don't give a shit about those lists. <laughs> yeah, they love that their guys to be on there, but they're not going to they 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 almost they don't want guys being showing up on those lists that don't uh uh it doesn't behoove them to have uh, to yeah. have guys rated higher than they should be. So they they like being flying under the radar with that, you know. Yeah. And they also know that ultimately, if they want to use these guys to trade, they know that they can they can let the make the other team know whether he's ranked seventh best or whatever. The savvy GM yeah. knows he can get the other guy to understand how good this player is if it comes to that, and they want to trade these guys. I but think that'd meantime, be the only downside is if 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 right. they didn't believe in your but you got every team has but if a you scouting have department gravitas, come see them yeah right right and if you have gravitas as a GM making these trades and you have great coaches and you have other people that can speak for a guy you know you can overcome something that maybe a younger GM yeah. can't you know about look at some of the prospects of Brace have ranked have, have traded in recent years that have not been ranked highly at all. Right, been in, in deals, you know. So anyway, I'm just telling uh, uh, people might not understand when those things come out. I'm not saying the Braves would be top 15 or top 20 right now instead of 29th and 30th. They don't care. But at I am all. telling, yeah. but I am telling you, they could easily have had Schuster or not uh, not died, but he was only 10th in the organization. But they could easily have had Schuster in the top 100 if they really set out to do that coming into the yeah. season easily. And they have another couple of guys they could have had in there too. But they put well, zero emphasis on that. None. I, I think that's kind of smart, you know, because it, it you should see how much it changes guys 
you know, I, like I said, I've said a lot in the past. When you're in the major leagues, it's like you get that baseball America and it's toilet paper. Yeah, you know, it's like right. garbage. Nobody cares right. about that in the majors. But when you're in the minor leagues and that baseball America comes out and yeah. somebody's in there ranked here, ranked there, and there's art like these guys, you should see how much it changes how guys behave, the way they're rated and the external, you know, fuss about them. Yeah. It doesn't change a thing about how good you actually are. But guys will they'll start, you know, they'll pump their chest out. They'll think they're a priority. They'll think they're better than you. They'll talk down to guys. And it's it's crazy how much that can change how a guy works and goes about his business. When you're not yeah. on there, there's nothing to change. It's like you just got to keep grinding. So I don't think a lot of good comes out of a guy being rated a top prospect in any way, you know, for his career. I, another classic example of what I'm talking about. If you look at Spencer Strider's numbers in 2021, when he was promoted four times, you look at his numbers and you tell me that guy was not top 100. Let me look. If the up. Braves wanted, to, wanted him to have been top 100, he would have been, but he wasn't. And he just dominated hitters at every level he went to that year. Was not a top 100 prospect. And look what he Throwing does last 100 year. 100 miles an hour. Exactly. See, that, so that gives just, a lot of credit to what you're saying of like, at least the organizations are telling these people where to look. Because I think if you had been watching a lot of baseball, there's no way you're sneaking that fastball by anybody. Yeah. It's like you're going to see that fastball and say, that's different. That's something special. Yeah. And and you saw v- footage of him during the year. You'd see like uh, whoever, like, uh, I don't know if Baseball America did, but but some pipeline, whatever, would post him in some game in the minors where he strikes out like nine guys and makes them look foolish. You'd saw it. You saw it. I mean, it's not like it was a secret, but when it comes around to those guys are making those prospect rankings, he somehow was left off the top 100. If the team wanted him in the top 100, that guy could have been probably in the top 50. You know, they could have just said almost 15 to nine. Yeah. And look at Michael Harris. Look how low he was. These are the guys that finished one, two in rookie of the year. And look where they were in those top 100. Strider wasn't even in them. Harris barely made them. So, and you know, the thing about those prospect things, they they say nothing about the the guys, like what he's made of. It's just tools. Oh, yeah. And yeah. if you come up through the minor leagues, you know, like for me personally, I, everybody was just as good as me. Every lefty through 92, you know, it was like how you, the big separator is what's going on up top, what kind of competitor you are. Obviously, tools matter, and those two guys both had them. But are there other guys throwing 100 in the minors? Are there other guys as fast as Michael Harris right. that can hit opposite field homers? Yeah, but they're not, they're not built, you know, mentally like these two guys. So I think that's a and- hard thing to judge. And, and an organization that has done such a great job of drafting these guys, vetting them, and doing and and doing so much of their drafting and trades based on character, they yep. take that into account. And that takes yep. an organization with experienced guys in those key roles, man, and scouting director, GM, you know, really good scouts and really good analytical people that that consider all that stuff rather than just looking at raw numbers and not taking into account anything else. So you end up having a lot of guys that outperform their prospect rankings. But just I think people should keep that in mind. Uh, it's not a coincidence how it's changed in recent years with uh, with this GM in position and the guys he had in those roles and scouting director he has now that they don't uh, have guys that are – they never have guys that are over-ranked in those top 100s <laughs> right, anymore, right. ever. Yeah. And some organizations do. 
some of these organizations, you have all these guys, and then, but none of them ever end up doing anything. You're like, wait a minute, didn't they have like six guys in the top 100 three years ago? Yeah, and how many of them panned out? So anyway, those those lists, you, you and you've said all along, prospects, you know, just you, you got to take it all with a grain of salt. But those rankings, you got to take that with a lot of grains of salt. Yeah. But I just, you know, I saw it my entire career, and it's like you're hearing this guy's name. You're in A-ball. He's a top. Yeah, like you'd face a guy that was the number seven prospect in baseball, and I'm a relief pitcher coming in the seventh, making him my bitch. And I'm just like, right. that dude sucks. <laughs> you know, there's there's nothing special about this guy. You know, right, but it's right. because he's he because he's six five and he can run this speed and he's got this right. raw power and it doesn't translate to the game. He's not a gamer. He's dumb. He's got a bad approach to the plate and he's got a hole in his swing. And you see that when you compete against him. Like, I wish I could face this guy every at bat. And they're just front page every baseball America every time it comes out. So you like. As you climb the ladder, you slowly just start grasping that it's kind of all a bunch of shit. And there's and, some there's some truth to some of it, but a lot of it's just like it doesn't tell me anything about the guy. It's just his tools. And I think it can really hurt guys too, especially if they're oh, on those yeah. lists for multiple years and they start to wonder, I, "Am I failing?" Well, guys Everybody don't work. Right. I mean. You know, I, I just don't – I think there's a lot of pressure that it adds to some guys that aren't ready for it. Other guys, it probably doesn't matter at all where they're ranked. When they say it doesn't matter, they probably mean it. But some guys, I think, really look at those lists and wonder why this guy's rising and I'm not. I'm not doing anything. I mean, I think of guys that are on those lists multiple times, like a Betancourt back in the day. You know, he was way high on those lists for multiple yep. years. Mueller was on those lists for three or four years, yep. you know? I just don't think it helps them at all. And I think it eventually, I think it can really hurt them. They can feel like failures, you know, like I'm doing something wrong. I was on, I wasn't on one until I made it to the big leagues. The first time I was on one was when I made it to the big leagues. The next year, you still had your rookie status. And they were like, okay, he's, he's number 10 in the organization already in the big leagues, you know? Right. But obviously as a reliever, you're not going to be a huge prospect anyway, but even when I was starting, it was like, you're nobody. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, there would be a couple of guys that they wouldn't be able to to, uh, to uh, keep their rankings down even if they wanted to right now if they didn't have had gone over the threshold last year. For Grissom, for instance, he got too yeah. many bats. He would be really high on the list right now. Yeah, but where was he last year? Not real high. <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's like, okay, now, yeah, obviously we're exactly. we're going to nail it now yeah. after he came up and raked he, in the big leagues for two months. This guy leagues. could probably play in the big leagues. But, you know, that's what I mean is it's it's really easy. to Those things can change. Guys can be on and off those lists in a hurry. But some teams every year are going to have guys on there that are – a couple of them seem like they're too high, and there's a reason. So yeah. to answer your question, uh, what, Grissom – was he even ranked? I thought he was, but uh, man, I, don't, I thought he was. I think about Acuna too. You know, I hadn't heard about Acuna, and then I heard the first thing I heard about Acuna was TP talking about him. TP was yeah. like, he had a huge year and got up there really high. That was a previous under the previous people. Uh, I but, think uh, before that season, I think I heard TP talking about him, and then you know he did what he did. But it, I, it's kind of like what you said that. Organizations know when it's there, whether you're on a list or not. Uh, somebody asked, um, what was it? That's Roca. Um, it's still the hamstring thing. They've been careful with him, bringing it along so slowly because, uh, you know, 
once it once in their heads, once they had decided he's not a factor in the opening day uh, for the fifth spot, there was no reason to push this thing with a hamstring because that's one of those things that like a shoulder or elbow, or whatever, a hamstring can linger, man. They have to do a lot of running and hamstrings can be so, it, it might be a really minor thing where you got to come back in a, in a week, but sometimes those things can last for months, man, <laughs> if they're bad. I don't think his was bad, but they're not going to have him push, especially with all the problems he's had on the other leg. They don't, the last thing in the world they want him to do is favor that thing, you know? So, yeah, which leg do you favor at that point? You know, I mean, it's like, exactly. let's just take it slow. You don't want to favor the leg that you've had surgically repaired three times because the because yep. the hamstring on the other one is sore. So, which is probably why it, you know, happened in the first place is that that one was overworking to kind of compensate for the other one. Yeah. Somebody asked about Yates, so I think he makes the team. Yeah, because the contract, his second year of the deal, this is the year they thought would he really contribute. They didn't plan on doing much last year, which is why it was backloaded. He's not had a great spring, but um, he's also a former all-star closer that he's not going to, you know, you're not going to rate everything off spring. But, yeah, other guys have, are more deserving right now, a couple of guys. But I would think he makes the team, and then uh, and then we'll see what happens. But I, I wrote about Nick Anderson this week, man. I've been really uh, – I've been really impressed with him. He's had five outings, four of them really strong, three of them perfect, no hits or walks. One of them he gave up one hit, and the other one he gave, he gave up a few, a couple of runs. That was the only bad outing. But if you look at him, his stuff's good, man. Not quite where it was, not throwing 96 like he did that year, but really good. He's, hit, he's touched 95, and he's sitting like 93, nice. 94. Yeah. Good breaking ball. Good breaking ball. Knows what he's doing out there. I he could really be a contributor this year, I think. That was, yeah, that was a great sign. He's been solid. You know, it's it's yeah. one thing when a guy's like, you know, he can have a good year, a bad year, and you've gotten enough looks at him where if he's off, he's given up, you know, 12 runs and in five innings. But if he's been healthy, he's been good. So it's just about having him be healthy. Yeah. Uh, Jesse? Hasn't had a good spring. He's on a minor league deal though, so that's a good. That's the beauty of the minor league deal, is with and with a guy like Jesse, who you can work with. He wants to be here. He came here with a minor league deal when he could have probably got a major league deal yeah. with a couple other teams. You can assure him whether he goes, whether he's in the big league bullpen or minor leagues to start the season, he's not going. He's not going to fuss. Gonna trip, yeah. Right. Right. He and if he needs to, if you tell him, hey, we need this guy on the team and that guy, and we can, you'll be up by so and so, whatever. That's not. That's not going to make. It's not going to piss him off at all. He knows what's going on. So, well, and he's not a douche. Might, so the team's going to want to do that for him. You know, there's certain guys right. that will fight that, and they're just like, see ya. But I can see Jesse definitely just saying, you know, if they tell him you're going to be one of the first guys up, or you know, you're in our plans, you're just off to a bad start right now. We got to see a couple other things through. He'll go to yeah. AAA. Yeah. Yeah, he's given up, what, six runs, four Murray to Homer. Uh, but he has seven strikeouts, one walk, and five and a third innings. So, uh, Yates has given up three runs, three hits, a couple of home runs in three and a third innings. Like I said, he's not out of good spring, man. Uh, but he's got to – I mean, you got to – you're not going to sign him to that contract to cut him in right, exactly. spring training. You know? Exactly. Like Lucas Lukey, you signed him to that deal. You're not going to get rid of him because he had a bad spring, you know? Right. So, uh, other guys, like a Jackson Stevens, yeah, he's had a terrible – he got just rocked. That was one of the worst outings I've seen in a long time the other day. But 
that's that's not a guy that has to be on the team. So you're not worried about that. You're not worried about losing him to waivers or whatever. So we'll see. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting how it comes down to those last two. What they what they're gonna uh, the importance they're gonna put on and and there could be a guy or two that uh, you know is bothered by this or that soreness here or there that you know ends up starting the season on the IL. We'll see. But uh, uh, Colin McHugh, I don't. I, and we keep getting the explanation, you know, that he's been throwing on the backfields, but I'm kind of. Worried, you know, about not worried, but I'm kind of I kind of question that that he's not pitching in big league games yet. So um, we'll see where, where that goes. But uh, I think the Braves overall, they're they look they're in good good shape, man. They're in good position. The lineup, there's been some really uh, pleasant surprises, developments. The guys you want to look good have, for the most part, looked really good. Ozuna, Ozuna, man, he's had three doubles in two days, and he had one off the wall. Uh, he had four RBIs yesterday, a couple of days ago. That's a huge sign for the Braves because if that guy can contribute something in the DH role, that really adds a, a whole another dimension for them. Sitting balls off the wall, uh, that that's that's big. He's just you know it's it seems like he just gets into a funk with his swing where he's just either helpless or he locks in and you can't get him out. And it's it's easy to forget when a guy's had a few seasons where they've been off, and he's had so many distractions too. But if he can lock in and, and get to that point where he's he's dynamite, Ozuna, it's like I mean he's, he could be in your four hole. He's he's almost unpitchable when he's locked in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. When he's locked in, man, he had a two double game. Then he came back the next day or his next game with a double, another double, and they're playing him a ton this spring. <laughs> yeah, made him take well, some road to. trips, all that, and he's not complaining, and and he has no reason to complain. <laughs> he's to be right. thankful of that contract he has, but he's not been a you know. I, I know people will think he's been you know a cancer, but he's not. I mean, he's been a pain in the ass off the field, done some stupid things, but in the in the clubhouse he's fine, and they're going to give him a chance to produce because the last thing in the world they they don't want to release this guy and have him go somewhere else, and they're paying him thirty seven million dollars, and he goes and all of a sudden looks something closer to. What he was in 2020, it wasn't that long ago. He led the league in homers and RBIs. So, yeah, and I don't care if he strikes out like 45 times and 45 at bats in spring training. You right. send him to another organization. I mean, that's everybody's right. biggest fear. But you do that, and it's like some pitching, some hitting coach can say anything, and it winds up clicking, and all of a sudden he hits 40 next this season, and you're paying him. Yeah, it's the worst and, case and scenario. You, and you went past the threshold. You made it worst case scenario. Because if you were going to release him for either of his arrests for the domestic violence uh, charge or for the DUI, you do it at that time, and then you can expl- then you have an expl- explanation. You don't really care if he goes somewhere yeah. else and performs. You got rid of him for those reasons. Yeah. But you didn't. <laughs> so if you keep him both of those seasons, and then you drop him now because he's had a bad spring, yeah. and he goes somewhere else, and then you look stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, you were then trying you to get something out of him, and you cut the cord. Exactly. And then he, yeah, so you, yeah. So you don't have moral grounds. You can't stand. You don't look yeah. like you did it on. You know. Yeah. When the you right do it right away, you're all. just like, we don't care how he does. We, exactly. you know, we stand for this. Yeah. We and he goes somewhere else yeah. and leaves the league at homers. You can go look. We didn't want somebody had done that on our team. It's not what we're about. You can't say that now. No, because we can't tried say to that. keep him. <laughs> yep. We tried. So to it's make ride him. or die, man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So you just gotta hope it. Yeah, yeah. So they put themselves in that position and roll the dice. And so far this spring, I mean, he started out slow, but he's looked really good lately. Ozzy's looked good last couple of games. 
Uh, man, today, though, he did an Aussie thing, had a collision at home plate trying to score on a, on a nubber, uh, a comebacker. But this dude is uh, – just a reminder, after lo- mo- missing almost 100 games last year for two fractures – he goes balls out in spring training game, man, and tries yeah. to score and has a collision. Hope that's just the way he plays. Yeah, Eric. Some guys just can't turn it off, can they? It doesn't matter what the situation is, whether the game counts or not. That's the way they are. No, and I I never understood that. I couldn't relate to it. You know, if it was, I I've <laughs> always understood like this game doesn't mean shit. I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm, this is my effort level. And then when it was full, you know, when it was everything's on the line or it's a one-one game. That's when I would black out and have that adrenaline, maybe make some bad decisions. But when the game didn't matter, it was too easy to control myself. But some yeah. guys are just wired like that where yeah. they just get out there and they have one speed. And it's I don't think, you know, I admire that. I think it's cool. Yeah. But you it's know, cool until you get hurt. Yeah, but it's great. <laughs> if you're running the you team, certainly you wish want they that. Could. Yeah, compared to the opposite where you have to get them to turn it on. I mean, this yeah. guy gets turned it on all the time. All the yeah. time. It's just he's so tiny. I mean, he's so small, undersized, that playing hard, there's been other guys like that that get hurt a lot, playing so hard all the time, you know? Bryce Harper was like that when he came up. I mean, he ran into that plastic wall at Dodger Stadium, like his first right. game, I think. But and he's he finally 200, 210. Shit, it took him <laughs> till he was like yep. 28 to figure that out. You know, it's yep. like – I think it's something with testosterone. I mean, if you look at Ozzy too, he's yeah. high T. Yeah, right. there's not and any he, fat. And he on has his to body. be being that little, being that yeah. little. You have to get you get where you are by being ultra aggressive all the time. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure it goes with that. It's hard for him just to. And as he gets older, he probably will turn it back a little bit. Toggle yeah. it a little. You get bit. older. Maybe. You have some Maybe. kids. You're tired. <laughs> you know your your yeah. testosterone drops. <laughs> yeah. You're eating like shit because your wife's not cooking. Baby was up all night, and you're like, "Fuck, I'm not trying to score from second here. <laughs> Pulling up at third. <laughs> uh, somebody, uh, somebody asked, "Do I think there's any way they think about trading Freed?" No, <laughs> not this year. Not unless you fall out of the race, which the Braves aren't going to do. But yeah, if you had a disaster and you fell out of the race at the at the at the trade deadline, okay, yeah, maybe you do consider that. If you don't think he's going to, re- if you're not, if you haven't resigned him by then and you don't think you're going to, then maybe you do because you get a ton for him. But that's a different organization. The Braves aren't in Does that have two position. years left? Yeah, this year and next year. They've won five straight division titles, man. They're not a team that's even thinking well, about yeah, falling I mean, out of the race. Out of the, take a lot for them to be out of it. Even out of the wild card? Too, after what they did a few years ago. Right, you know. exactly. When they were 10. And last year when they were 10 and a half back at the end of June. Yeah. But yeah, and before they've I mean they've overcome these starts every year. So I mean, all you got to do is get in as a wild card. Look at the Phillies last year. I mean, yeah. you're not trading your ace, and this is your ace. It's still your ace. Strider could be the ace, but you still got to do it, man. I love Reed is your ace because it's like, yeah, you know what? They would consider training him if they got Otani and Trout for him. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, they they would have to no. completely fall out of the race. And even then, they'd have to be convinced they couldn't resign him. So, which I I still think is a possibility they resign him early in this season with a contract that starts next year because of the, you know what they could do with the salary cap thing or not salary cap luxury tax thing. I sound like football all of a sudden, but um, I also understand why people might question that because he's going to get over 
well over $22 million a year. And that right now has been that kind of self-imposed uh, ceiling they've had on per per season salaries. So anyway. I'm, I'm not right. looking forward to playing that game again. Will no, next I day. I know. <laughs> All right, everybody. Appreciate the questions, and we've got you know we've got the the, the uh, technology now, or we know how to use the technology. We've probably always had it that we can see these comments and stuff on the side here. And we had a producer that finally showed us where those were because Cam really isn't good about showing us where things like that are. So we've been kind of flying blind before this. So anyway, now we've got those there. So all right, that's it. Seven fifty five is real. Cam did a good and great job, and we'll good uh, job, Cam. We'll talk to you guys again next week, and we're getting closer, closer to that July, or July, <laughs> to that March 30th opener at Nationals Park, which is a Thursday afternoon game, by the way. Mm. Now get serious. The rest of the way, the rest of spring is going to get interesting. These games are starting to mean a whole lot more, especially next week. But uh, that's it. 75 is real. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. We'll talk to you guys later. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.